Listen in the dojo and dynamite. Dynamite, put your hand in, ring is out of sight. All elite TNT, make it feel right. Put your hand all elite, time to unite. One's name Rich, the other Ashley. The number one pod for the whole family. Time to fill your wrestling appetite. Now it's time to start dojo and dynamite. This is Ashley and Rich here with episode 56 of Dojo and Dynamite. It is Thursday, December 3rd. We are back like we promised, and it has been a crazy week in wrestling. No, I think it reverberated around the wrestling world last night. Winter is coming for AEW. Moxley and Omega in the main event for the AEW World Championship, the debut of Sting. We had a diamond Ring Battle Royal. We had Kazarian versus Jericho. Britt Baker was in action. This was a terrific evening of wrestling. Probably the most dynamic dynamite that we have been a part of the entire year. There have been huge dynamites. Don't get me wrong. But this was the most exciting dynamite. This was the most unexpected dynamite. And it ended in complete shenanigans and wild endeavors where somehow Alex Marvez was outside waiting for Kenny Omega's car. We'll never know. He's an opportunist. He he knows what Kenny's been up to the past few weeks. But uh, I, I predicted that we were going to get some shenanigans in this match. Uh... This was not what I was expecting. I think from the top down, just regardless, though, I think, truthfully, Ashley, from the top down, this was the best show that AEW's put on. I mean, there was so much involved in this program that you couldn't even expect what was going to happen in the Omega and Moxley match. Anything no, would have been out of bounds. I mean, it was, it was out of control. Everything was completely out of control. They sat down for a pure wrestling match. I want to call it sitting down, but they, they literally did. They slapped each other in the face. But... You, you know, you get into this for a regular wrestling match. You have Don Callis involved in this. You have, it was just, it was absolutely nuts. And now Impact on Tuesday, we have to follow the Twitch stream because we don't even get access on our television. We do not, uh, but this is when wrestling is at its best, when it is unpredictable and, and wild. But let's not get too ahead of ourselves. We have to break down step-by-step step this show. Uh, before we do so, though, there were rumors earlier this week that WCW is coming back. Dude. Well, first of all, I'm pretty pissed that I'm not being acknowledged by this because there is nobody more qualified to call a WCW show on commentary than I am. Come on. I was acknowledged. You were acknowledged because you wanted the Yeti and you were right. You were goddamn, goddamn right. right. You, you do not bring back WCW and leave out the and fucking And you don't bring Yeti. back WCW 26 years after the day that the Yeti came and took down Hulk Hogan and gave the Giant the world title. Never forget. I was three years old. I watched it on it my birthday. It was your birthday. You didn't watch it on your birthday. But... We say this all the time. You're so lucky to be able to like share that. I created moment. my own memory and headcanon of all the times that I've rewatched it. That I watched it on my third birthday, and it, it's been a memory ingrained. But I feel like you I know, made it up. I create my own memories. We this, are here to to fabricate this, dude. I I can be a nitro girl. It's the dream. We talked about it last <laughs> this, week. You could be a nitro girl, guys. Everything is just falling into place. It seems. Um, He's also rebooting ECW, so for those who are involved in that, uh, you got to pick your side. Is this actually happening? Absolutely not. 
there is no way in hell he's going to do this. Do we hold out hope to yes. follow our dreams and yeah, live sure, our dreams? Yeah, sure, of course. Goddamn right. People are like, oh, this is going to be a joke. I, I'll, I'll go to the first show. I'm going to work the first show. I'm going to be part of this whole thing. I'm going to end up running this thing. By the time this is over, WCW will be mine. I'm a shrewd businessman. Ridiculous. When you want something, you put your mind to it, and then you acquire it. We're gonna, we are going to take over WCW. Oh, that was that was something. <laughs> that was really something. Uh, but without further ado, we'll go ahead and dive into this week's recap. So this stacked dynamite card opened up with the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. Following in last year's tradition, the two winners of the Battle Royal are going to face off next week. Winner gets the Dynamite Diamond Ring. There is a lot I liked in this. Um, really great storytelling. Further the feuds. You, you had Scorpio Sky and Sean Spears. Uh, Miro continuing his dominance. You had beef between the inner circle. Uh, there are a lot of good things here. But I am not happy. What they did really, really well, truthfully, is that they, they had a lot of top-tier talent. You had Miro in there, you had Best Friends in there, you had Kip Sabian in there. You had a lot of individuals who were involved. Best Friends wasn't in there, I'm sorry. Orange Cassidy was. But you you furthered that, that feud, as you had said. I apologize, I, I, I redact that. But you had a lot of top-tier talent involved in this match. And it made the Diamond Ring feel a lot more valuable even than last time. Because it was pretty obvious that it was going to be MJF and Adam Page. This time, we had no idea. Yeah, we had Adam Page. We had Dark Order. I mean, it was very complete in terms of the talent and where we could go next. Overall, I can only give it a B. Because the ending was just lackluster. I'm sorry, we're jumping off the bandwagon. I'm going to jump off it. This is not about... We've talked about this for weeks. I've I've been coming down to this conclusion. There is no... He has no business... Orange Cassidy has no business being in the Diamond Ring Battle Royal, winning the Diamond Ring Battle Royal, goddammit, and now being shoved down our throats, essentially where the character just doesn't warrant the type of presence. You have guys like Pac, who aren't on television. You have guys like Phoenix, and obviously these guys are involved in a, in a separate feud, but this is supposed to be for something they're fighting for. You have Adam Page, you have MJF, you have Wardlow, you have Big all these individuals. Wardlow. You have Miro you just picked up, and Orange Cassidy is being shoved down our throats. I'm sorry. It's going to offend a lot of people. I liked Orange Cassidy's shtick. It's just gotten so old and very quickly. And if they just maintained what Orange Cassidy well, was. Because now it's not a shtick. It's no longer a shtick. And it's I, now a full-fledged program where they're advertising this guy as being a top five talent in this business. And I'm sorry. The shtick worked when he would try. And he had a match against Pac on pay-per-view, and it was fantastic. Now he's been exposed. And now it feels like we're doing this for the sake of doing this, and it's not helping anybody else on the roster. All it's doing is hurting. No, I like Orange Cassidy for what Orange Cassidy is. And I I feel like this is not what Orange Cassidy is. This is not what Orange Cassidy should be involved in. I completely agree. But I am... I was I was not I was not happy. I mean, you you had the opportunity to give Big Money Wardlow the world, and 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 he doesn't even make it to the next. Yo, what the hell? But what, what the hell is Miro doing? I mean, wouldn't it have been funny if Miro could win the battle royal, the diamond ring, and give it to Kip for Penelope for the engagement for the party? That's he could bring actually, the ring down. The he's the best man. He's the that's ring bearer. A wonderful idea. That's a great idea. Um. Maybe Orange Cassidy wins, and this furthers the feud between best friends and 
Very possible. Uh, Kiro, I believe they're called. Maybe I just made that up. Uh, you're shipping them as as a group. That's fine. I think that I think that's like a, a thing. But so maybe he defends the dynamite diamond if if he wins against Mira. I mean, that's a brilliant idea. But I, I'm gonna be honest. The ending of this w- was a downer. This this <laughs> took me out of the show for a brief moment. I was not happy. It is possible, like, like we talked about, you just mentioned it, you can flip this back around and have a feud for the Diamond Ring, which they did do last year. They had matches for the Diamond Ring. But, again, the Diamond Ring doesn't really serve much purpose than as just a showcase piece, like a trophy item, that then you would defend, I guess, the next year. Kind of what happened, we talked about before with DDP, when he just didn't have the Diamond Ring after a period of time in WCW. But... I'm glad that MJF held the diamond ring. I'm glad he used it in matches. I'm glad that Wardlow carried it around. I'm glad it was a valuable no, asset to MJF's character throughout for 2020. For sure. For sure. And I think he was the right winner. I, I love what they did with it. I don't know that we needed him to come down against Orange Cassidy. I mean, you could have had MJF versus Sammy. You could have had MJF versus Wardlow. Uh you could have had Wardlow versus anyone because Wardlow should have won this fucking thing yes but but that's a a side that's digress Ashley we need to digress but you could have even done a rematch with Adam Page and MJF there were many possibilities here but you went with Orange Cassidy and the, the ring is going to be used like a comical piece and it makes sense when you have something like R-Truth and 24-7 title, but it doesn't make sense when you're using a valuable asset that MJF made credible last year MJF made that ring credible last year, and now Orange Cassidy isn't. It's something that we have to have this conversation about at Unless some point. MJF just wins again. It's possible. And we're, continues we're, to do we're, it. we're pushing this aspect that Orange Cassidy's already the champion, already the winner, but you can just kind of feel it in your bones. That that's the trajectory that we're on. And I'm sorry that we just spent 10 minutes ranting about the Orange Cassidy aspect, but it just felt less valuable because MJF... Increase the credibility of that ring. End rant. So we had a lot more action during this show. So don't continue to rant. That match itself was a B. I like the talent involved. I thought the match was well worked. Sean Spears had the slug hit. Scorpio Sky didn't want to get in the ring. MJF and Wardlow didn't want to get in the ring at the end. It was good stuff. There was it was a, a lot good of strategy. Show. It was a good match. You had uh, Dark Order helping out Hangman. I mean, I think storyline wise, like you said, there was great talent in in the match and. I think it did a lot long-term, and I enjoyed that. Um, But it is what it is. Moving right along, next up we had Jericho versus Frankie Kazarian in singles action. First ever, right? So this is a match I was looking forward to. I thought the match was pretty good. I mean, a solid B. I mean, Jericho, one thing I got to say is he wasn't moving around well, but none of us were post-Thanksgiving. But he wasn't moving around well, but they did a spot on the top rope that was just fantastic. It was gnarly. The, the Spanish fly. It was like a Spanish fly. He actually calls it something. He did it as a finishing move in TNA. That used to be his finishing move. I, I'm going to be bashed all throughout because I don't know the name of the move or what he used to call it. But he did that as a finishing move. He always would land on top because he crushed Jericho. I mean, he just crushed him. 
But the match itself I thought was really good. I liked the back and forth. I liked the roll-ups. I liked the little integration where Hager is trying to stop Ortiz from coming in and slugging him. There's a lot of dissent right now in the inner circle. And I, I thought this, again, was one of those things where you had a solid match between two competitors, Kaz and Jericho, big-time names, and you had their big-time faction inner circle being involved heavily story-wise because there's a dissent between this organization. Yeah, which we're going to see come to uh, a head next week. Uh, the ultimatum between the inner circle. They're either breaking up or they're staying together and they need to get their shit together. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But again, Kaz is Kaz is awesome. I, I, I've said this before. I was not really familiar with his work until AEW. And I know I missed out on a lot of great things, but... Uh, just seeing him in singles action is such a treat because I feel like he really shines. Yeah, he was a singles competitor in TNA. He was X-Division champion. He was involved in that. But I, his best work was a bad influence and being involved with Christopher Daniels, SCU now, of course. But, I mean, you can't go wrong with CD and Kaz, man. Can't do it. It's fantastic stuff. Happy that they're here. Happy to get to continue to watch them. Now on television. It's wonderful. Well, they were on television on Spike, but you know what I mean. Bigger television, Feels higher attention. <laughs> Feels different now. Um, yeah, but uh, they were followed up by the ladies' action, Dr. Britt Baker versus Layla Hirsch. Cannot believe that all of this had, like, this was a two-hour show. It felt like a pay-per-view almost. There were so many things that occurred in between. Obviously, Layla and Britt, they go at it. Thunder Rosa gets involved. So, obviously, Britt and Thunder Rosa are heading towards a big collision course at some point. Yeah. I was, uh, Thunder Rosa has become a very dynamic part of this roster. But I, I like Layla Hirsch. We've seen her a couple times. It was nice to see her in action with Dr. Britt. She was really giving it to her. AEW has done a nice job now. I know you mentioned it here. Nothing against Layla, but they've done a nice job of kind of carving the group here. You got Thunder Rosa feels like a major power player. Britt Baker feels like a major power player. Hikaru Shida, of course, is a major power player. And truth be told, they're doing a nice job with Abaddon right now. It's clear that she's not going to win the title now. She could, but Hikaru Shida is such a big power player here. Abaddon's almost being played off like Kane. And I don't want to plug that as that, but like, you know, kind of big evil person who comes in, scares your opponents, poses a large threat to the champion as a heel, but ultimately kind of caves to the underdog achieving the impossible and defending against the evil entity. But nonetheless, I actually like this whole aspect. I do. I I think that Abaddon's very good. I think she's a very valuable part here. I like to see Anna Jay more. You have that aspect. You have Tay Conti involved. This, and you have Nyla Rose we haven't seen in a hot minute. But this whole this We've whole group this is groove. really starting to come together here. Yeah. Thunder Rosa has come in here with Serena Deeb on occasion and has really kind of solidified this roster and some of the holes they had. No, I, I agree. And I think it just week by week, I feel like we're coming right along and uh, falling into place where we should be. And when Thunder Rosa and Dr. Britt face off, that's going to be huge. I mean, they've been going back and forth the past couple of weeks, but when they finally get that singles match, that that's a big fight feel right there. Um, is Layla signed? I believe so, yeah. Is she? That's I, cool. I thought that she was. I remember seeing a thing. I know that Sadie Gibbs was signed. She got let go. Uh, pandemic time. She lived overseas or however that was. I, I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. And I believe, I thought it was around the same time that they announced her. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I'm getting them confused. Because I believe they're both fighters, right? So I, I think that they're... I may make them confused. I, I apologize. No, I, uh, 
if she is, that's great. I was going to say, I, I, I like what we've seen from her, and I think she's just another addition to the roster, another personality and, and talent that adds depth, and I'd like to see more. Uh, but you mentioned Sheeta versus Abaddon. We had that backstage interview Sheeta with Alex Marvez, and that noise falls, or that noise happens in the background, and Sheeta wants to start over, but we're live. We can't. Um that that that's it's that was funny, but it's Abaddon's getting under her skin. We actually had the opportunity of of joining Renee Paquette and being involved in her Twitch. We were watching her Twitch while streaming Dynamite as she was watching, as we were watching. So we thought it'd be fun to kind of it was fun. go like along little, with Renee because yeah. why not? Her husband's going to be fighting for the world title at the end of the evening. So imagine watching her reactions as these things came along. So we decided to hang out with Renee and watch through the Twitch with her and. Uh, she had some pretty funny reactions to like things like Hikaru Shida or when the Acclaimed and the Young Bucks had that little conversation and she wasn't too impressed with the Acclaimed. Mm. But I believe that's a promo that happened at the exact same time, right? Is that why I'm tying this in? I, I don't recall the exact timing, but yes, that is another interview that happened. We had the Young Bucks backstage. They'll be facing off against TH2 next week, so... We'll be wiggling it up in here. Again, we were a little behind on Dark. We haven't watched as much. I don't know much about the Acclaimed. Uh, I can't say that I loved the promo, but again, sometimes these things are kind of clunky. You're standing face-to-face with the with the Young Bucks. You have you know Alex Marvez in between. Sometimes these promos can come off a little clunky depending on how the situation is. So I, I don't think I liked the promo. I didn't really like the promo too much, but I'm going to hold judgment on them and i haven't seen them work so no i i think that's fair you're right we we haven't been keeping up with dark like we should um yeah too soon to to give an assessment on them i I don't have an opinion yet but a quick little antidote anecdote 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 is that an additional piece like an asterisk so a little anecdote Actually, you can't nod. The people can't see you nod. I nodded she, she my agreed, head. <laughs> she agreed with me that that's what it was. Dark is a little long, guys. It's a lot of kind of enhancement talents. It's a lot of individuals who are go- going through their growing pains, as you can say. So, unfortunately, we do have to do a better job. But in my opinion, I think it's a little long right now. I don't know how you guys felt about it. Fan participation, if you guys think that Dark is a little long. I know that Tony Khan had said he wants to do it in two different segments. I'd be much more willing to watch Dark in two different segments. Well, see, with me, it's like Tuesdays are gym days. So we go to the gym when Dark is airing. And it's so silly because it's on YouTube, so you can go back and watch it. But I feel like... You can also watch it while you're doing cardio. No, I have to listen to music. Okay. That's, I, yeah, I have to... It cannot... No. Um... But it's like, in my head, I'm like, oh, I missed it live, so I'm not going to watch it. But, like, it doesn't make any sense. Well, then by the time you get home, we have to eat dinner, and then you shower, and then it's like, I got to watch two hours of dark, and then I can split it, but it's already Wednesday, and then Dynamite's coming on, then you forget the podcast. It's it's one of those things, and again, we apologize. If you guys would love for us to cover dark, we will cover dark, so you just let us know. This is right now an us problem. This is an us problem. And we apologize. But, uh... I think those were the only two promos or or backstage interviews we had uh, for Dynamite. But this brings us to arguably the biggest moment of the evening, one of the biggest moments in AEW history. 
Uh, tag team action, Cody and Darby versus Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. But really, what happened after is what's the most important thing. So we get the second set of Powerhouse Hobbs being Powerhouse Hobbs. He's no longer Will Hobbs, he's Powerhouse Hobbs. So now he's got his new attire, he's got new boots. Darby Allen got hurt in this match legitimately because he does a nice job of kind of selling injury. Looked like he hurt his arm. So they worked the arm. They did a nice job being heels. They kind of held Cody out. Cody got a couple hot tags. But again, the numbers game caught up to them. Taz, Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, and Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, Team Taz is a force big to dudes, be reckoned man. with. Yeah. Big, powerful individuals and, and the sneaky, treacherous, as I can call him, Ricky Starks. I enjoy the shit out of him. But, I love Ricky you Starks. Know, treacherous Ricky Starks. They kind of take advantage of Cody and Darby. They take out Arn. Here comes Dustin. Now Dustin's got to go up against Brian Cage. And what happens that shocks the world? Sting. The lights go out, the crows caw, and Sting arrives in the snow on a cold evening in Jacksonville. Snow fell out of the sky, and Sting, in the dark, shooed away Team Taz and stared down each member of the Nightmare family. What a moment. In the legends of yesteryear, he stared eye to eye with his arch-nemesis of the four horsemen, Arn Anderson. He looked at Dustin and Cody, the sons of the dream, and the next potential franchise hiding in the rafters in Darby Allen. But we can't do that justice, Ashley. No. We can't do that justice. You have to go on, on YouTube, on AEW Twitter, on AEW Instagram, I'm sure. You have to watch the moment that Sting arrives. You have to listen to Tony Schiavone. You have to understand the magnitude of what they made this feel like. The moment that Sting showed up at Survivor Series, it felt like a big deal. This was magnified. There was only a thousand people in the audience, and this moment felt more important than anything ever before. The genuine reaction in, in Tony's call, and when Sting's name popped up on, on the screen, I mean, you heard a roar from the audience. And like you said, there's, what, a thousand people there? This isn't a huge crowd, but you could hear the excitement and, and everyone in, in the audience was pumped and the internet was exploding. And I mean, this was, it was a, a very crazy, like surreal moment. The thing about Sting on top of that is you don't know what type of character this is. And really for the first time in, in a quite some time, in 20 years, obviously the first time he's been on TNT, he's back to that mysterious character of what Sting was as the Crow. If you watch back in WCW 97, you don't know what Sting... You don't know if he's aligned with the NWO. You don't know if he's aligned with WCW. You don't know what he is. He stands in the ring. He has no emotion. He was wearing an NWO shirt. Sometimes he did. Sometimes he didn't. And if you watched Sting through TNA, which is really as much as I knew of... Of course, everybody knows who Sting is. But my first-hand experience of watching Sting on a regular basis was via TNA. Sting cut a lot of promos. Main Event Mafia was great. Joker Sting was funny. Like, it was a lot, of, a lot of good stuff, but nothing like this. You don't know if he's a good guy, bad guy. You don't know if he's going to turn a nightmare family. You don't know anything. He gave you nothing, and it felt fantastic. This is the best character work right now of Sting in years, and he was only there for four minutes. It felt right. Like, it just, it, it felt right. And for somebody or these individuals that criticize somebody like this, he's 61 years old, it was a big deal. And it felt like a big deal. 
And AEW has done a brilliant job of integrating all individual wrestlers from walks of life to ages to sizes to genders and mixing them together in a manner that matters. And they are all together in this big melting pot, working hand in hand to entertain the audience. They are the best at what they do. This is why this is so important. It feels like Sting came home somewhere that he never was before, but at the same time, it feels like this is where he belonged. Yeah, no, that that's that's what I was trying to, to say. And on top of that, the production was top class. As good as it gets. Lights went out, snow came, song was fantastic. All props to Mikey Rockets. If you want to check that out, I'm sure they have it. Go buy some merch. It's got sweatshirts, hats, t-shirts, shirt was cool. He looked great. Looked fantastic. It was a great, great moment all together for wrestling. I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. Listen to Tony Schiavone. He's going to interview him next week. I'm looking forward to this. And I'm sure that Sting's not going to give us an inch. We're not going to know a damn thing about what he wants to do or why he's in AEW. If he keeps this character up that he's doing right now, which I think the direction he's going to go in is the old TNT WCW character. And it's all the more the compelling. The pre-Wolf Pack. The pre-Wolf Pack Sting. Maybe just for, just for shits, maybe we need a little Wolf Pack Sting face paint. Just once. Make everybody pop. Guys, what a moment. My goodness. But it's hard to follow that up, and they did. Yes, they did, with our main event of the evening, which was for the AEW World Championship, Mox versus Omega 2, live on television. So, as much as you can say, regardless of the venue, regardless of the people, this felt like a big deal. We came ahead to this match, we came build up of weeks in advance, we knew this was coming, we asked for it, Ashley. We have been asking for Mox Omega for a year, wrestling in a singles competitive match, because they kind of hinted toward that immediately after their lights out. And we are coming a year full circle, and they fought December 2nd, winter is coming, AEW World Championship, we were hyping it up as much as we could on Dojo with Dynamite. The value and the importance of this World Championship match could not be understated. Moxley came in as the incumbent. He's 21-0. Kenny Omega has been on fire. He's tag team champion with Adam Page. He just won that big tournament gearing up at full gear. Kenny Omega is the cleaner. He has broom girls, and apparently he has Don Callis and the entire support of the Impact roster behind him, but that's what we will get to. No broom girls this week. No broom girls this week because, as Kenny Omega would say, there's a lunatic running around, and you don't want to risk the health of those individuals. It was also a little chilly. Everybody in the audience was wearing jackets. You don't want people having to wear spandex, cold. Wear, like, thermal spandex. Thermal spandex, I I don't know. They could have looked like uh, Santa Claus. Yes, you Long Johns. That's what I was with Santa Claus. What the <laughs> hell am I talking about? Santa Claus. Long Johns. Could have had a nice little festive winter event. But it wasn't a Christmas event. It's a Game of Thrones event or something, Warner. I don't know. I don't watch the show. I apologize. You probably hate me for it. But nonetheless, check it out. HBO Max. I'm sure it's on there. But. I Don't quote him on that because I, I don't know if it actually is. Don't quote me on that. It's an HBO show. They know that. Come on. HBO Max I know has got, like, everything. nothing about Game of yeah, Thrones. Yeah, so it, it, it's all the same company. So Moxley comes out against Omega, and what kind of took this match out in the beginning, I'm going to admit, is that the commercial breaks, they wanted to get them over early, 
Because this match started, what, 9.30? About 9.30, 9.25, yeah. 9.30. So they wanted to make sure that the commercials came through early. The picture-in-pictures came through early. But once we got through that, it was a slow build. They went out to the audience. He threw them on the stairs. They came in. They put two chairs down in the middle of the ring, and they slapped the shit out of each other. I loved it. And that was kind of an homage to the deathmatch kind of style of John Moxley sitting down saying, hey, it's you and I. And we're gonna see we're going to see who's better. And they slugged it out. And then there was a weird segment. We'll get to that in a minute. But there was a weird segment, I guess, with, with Omega and the kind of the, the officials. And it was like, was he was he bleeding? But then he wasn't bleeding. And it was a very oh, when, odd when he seg- hit the When he got thrown into the heaters. Yeah, they looked like lights or heaters. Yeah, yeah. They said it was heaters. Yeah. So you get thrown into the heaters and you got like all the referees there. So they were surrounding him and they were doing weird angles. So I thought maybe he was going to do a blade job. But he never really hit his head. He wasn't bleeding. It was very, very weird. Don Callis got involved there. I think, no, I think they, they acknowledged that he could have been burned because they were heaters. Yeah, potentially been burned. But nonetheless, this match goes on. Now they're starting to hit the repertoire. And Moxley makes a mistake. He hits the paradigm shift and he doesn't pin him. And you know that you leave Kenny Omega around and you are going to pay for it. And Don Callis got involved, they used the microphone, he busted open Moxley, he gave him the one-winged angel, and you don't kick out. If Okada doesn't kick out, goddammit, John Moxley doesn't kick out of the one-winged angel, and he doesn't, it's over. Okada got a shout-out on commentary. Okada got a shout-out on commentary. Did that warm your heart? It did. Good. But these two went back, I thought this match was fantastic, giving an A+. Plus. I really, Absolutely. It started a little slow, like I said. You had some of the commercials involved, and but it kind of no took it away. It's no, no one's, one's fault. fault. You got it out of the way. The match picked up. The match was exactly what I had hoped it was going to be. It's not Young Bucks versus FTR, but it was as good as it was going to get on television within regulation. You had the story with Don Callis, and the situation here is, did I actually like the ending? Yes. I liked the finish. I liked the one-wing angel. I liked the result. I liked the winner. But what AEW did right here was extremely, extremely astute. What they did was Kenny Omega throughout this match, obviously it wasn't a fly on the call. It wasn't one of those in the, in the moment of the matches. But Kenny started to get the chance from the audience. The audience was starting to get ready, and, and John Moxley was a fantastic champion. John Moxley was the champion of AEW. They have picked fantastic champions. Jericho felt right. Moxley felt right. And we got to the Jericho Moxley, and we felt like maybe it wasn't time for Jericho to lose the belt, but at the same time, we felt that Moxley needed to get it. Yeah, I know we we went back and forth on that for quite some time. And in this instance, it felt time for Omega, but it was the right guy. And AEW has done this really, really well where the right people are champions. Spot on. Yeah. And the crowd started to kind of get behind Kenny Omega here. So the crowd is supporting Kenny. And what do they do? Kenny is not a good guy. You don't want Kenny to be a good guy. John Moxley's a good guy. John Moxley is the babyface. John Moxley is the guy that you sympathize with. John Moxley is the guy bleeding in the ring, doesn't know what the hell just happened or why Don Callis just cost him his AEW World Championship. But what John Moxley knows is that when he gets a chance to get his hands back on Kenny Omega, you will be in support of what he does. 
And what AEW did so well here was using Don Callis and using Impact Wrestling, as Alex Marvez said, was odd to me, though. This is why this is the ending I didn't like. They're running through the backstage. There's no opposition. Nobody's stopping them. What are they running away from? Nobody's rushing the, the ring. Wasn't like the security or barricades are chasing him. Nothing's happening. He's running through the backstage with Don Callis like they just skinned the cat, like they just cheated the world. Nobody's chasing him. Tony Khan's smiling. We're running down a ramp. Alex Marvez, that sneaky fuck, is standing back there waiting, of course, knows exactly where to be at the right time. And Don Callis... Kenny has, has, has ran away to his... his... You're right, you're right. Before. He has so, done this, like yes. I said, and Alex Marvez was of course there for that moment too. The guy never misses a beat. But they run into the car. He tells Don Callis, "I'll see you on Tuesday." And he goes, "Well, Dynamite's on Wednesday." And I never thought once about Impact Wrestling, not a thing. And I know that Don Callis like runs Impact now. I never thought once. I thought he was going to go to Dark. I thought they were going to try to drag attention to Dark, which would be smart. But they're going to Impact. And as soon as he said that, I just kind of soured on the entire ending, going, what are we doing? And one of the reasons why I soured on it, I, again, I, I'm, gonna, I'm that guy that you guys are telling me right now, you're all yelling at me, listening to the podcast, going, what are you talking about? We want this partnership. Is it a partnership? Or is I, this an angle? We have a lot of questions, and we're going to see. And my initial belief answers. was it's just an angle using impact, and it's going to cause... A lot of people, and we've already seen it, to speculate on these dream matches and fantasy book and, you know, you're going to war, you're doing invasion angles. Is that what this is or is it just an angle with Don Callis? Well, I think that's where we have to kind of check ourselves and it's okay to have questions, it's okay to speculate, but let's take a step back and enjoy the ride because I don't want a fantasy book and then get my hopes I know, <laughs> up because and down. Just like everybody else, we just dive full head into it and we're oh, like, hey, so what's going to happen? To. It's so it, hard not it, to. It's, it's, it's impossible. But that's where I kind of had that sense. It was that immediate kind of sense of are they going to do this or are they going to kind of let everybody down? And I didn't want to be let down. I didn't want to feel like, hey, you know, we had something here potentially and we never capitalized on it. Well, I have, I have said it before, and I will say it again. Even when things are unclear, we don't know where they're going, AEW always finds a way to deliver. They, they have, I don't think they've ever steered us wrong. So I trust that no matter what, we're going to get to where we need to be. And this is definitely by far a fresh angle. We haven't had stuff like this going on. You have been trying to get me to watch Impact for how long? I had you trying to watch TNA. TNA and Impact? You you did that a few months ago. I turned Impact on for a little short period of time, and I'm sorry, but I turned it off. It's kind of bad. We're going to be watching on Tuesday. Well, we will be watching on Tuesday. You can check it out on Twitch. You have Access TV. Impact will be on. I don't know if they still call it the Impact Zone, but Impact Wrestling will be on Tuesday on Access. I believe it's 8 o'clock. And check out the Twitch. But I think... Impact Wrestling on Twitch.tv. Regardless, I think this is exciting because it it's a good opportunity for Impact. Uh, whether it's an angle or a partnership, I just think this opens the door to opportunity. And opportunity some, is good. I, you saw that obviously FTR is going to be trying to work with the North, which could be really exciting. The Young Bucks could get back involved. People can be cross-branding. You're going to have Kenny Omega over at Impact. But... Who does this really benefit at the end of the day? I mean, wrestling fans, of course, of course. This is not 
this is not from a fan spectrum. This is not from a fan's point of view or perspective. The fans are happy. We're thrilled. We get to see such a cool, dynamic thing that's never been done before between two major competitive brands working together, giving you an angle that makes it feel like they're enemies. Like, I don't want impact. I'm an AEW guy, and Kenny Omega just took my world championship and ran. That's how I feel as a fan. It's like a war. He just ran away to a competitive company that I want no business with. That's how I feel about this. And it works. <laughs> like, like, but I that's feel like why, that's what they want. But that's exactly what they wanted. And when I go back a little bit here to what I was pointing out, what they did was they kept Moxley as a face and they kept Kenny as a heel. Because they add this other dynamic. Yes, you get excited, but Kenny's the bad guy. He took his title and he's ran. And that's what Don Callis said. A.W. screwed A.W. Yeah. And that's what he did, and it keeps him as the enemy. It was a really, really, really smart way of maintaining the status quo or the battle lines of good guys and bad guys. I thought they did a really nice job. And, of course, Cody says there aren't any, but there are at the same time. But I'm really glad they did this. It's about building relationships. And what AEW does so well is they mold these relationships. They don't make things fake. They bring things in that are genuine. No, absolutely. I mean... Like, why would Sting come in and associate or align himself with Cody? He may not, but why did he come out during Cody's event? Because of Cody's dad, because of Arn, because of Dustin, because of the connection he had with those individuals. Just makes sense. It's simple storytelling. Just go with what you know. But it's it's intricate in the sense that, you know, everything has a purpose. And like you said, they do that so, so incredibly well. Yeah, Don Callis is Kenny Omega's uncle. Or something like that. Or uncle or father's friend or something. But it doesn't make a difference where he is. They're in the lineage together. They're closely related. And he runs to impact with Don Callis. And we've seen him. I mean, over the past few weeks, he, he's been involved and never expected this to happen. But it's like, oh, well, the seeds have been planted. And uh, it's it's intelligent storytelling. It's it's, it's very intelligent storytelling. Um, it makes you make it makes you pay attention. You have to. You have to pay attention to what's happening. And we will be watching Impact on Tuesday because we can't miss... Kenny Omega, the new AEW World Champion on Tuesday, and I would not be shocked if John Moxley shows up. Where do they film Impact from? Canada? I don't actually know. I'm all over the place. I know they're owned by a Canadian company. I haven't watched Impact in years. I apologize. I think the last time I watched Impact, truthfully, was... Maybe back in 2014-15 regularly. But Ashley, James Storm is on impact. What could this potentially mean? Is this like what this is all coming together for? James Storm had a conversation with Tony Khan a year and a half ago saying, I have an idea. There was a woman that I bumped and she was pissed. (laughs) But I'm going to woo her back. And she is going to be my number one fan, but it's keep your enemies, it's keep your friends close, and but your enemies closer. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer, damn right. Now James Storm is pulling you right next to under his wing. I almost want him. <laughs> and now you're going to be drawing battle lines and joining James Storm in the celebration that is Impact Wrestling on Tuesday. I better see James Storm, you better bring the guns, Impact. Because I need to see Motor City Machine Guns. I need to see James Storm. I need to see the best that you have on your roster. 
Will he be there? Because I've drawn my battle line. Will he be there? And I'm on the AEW side here. If we're going to war, I'm on AEW side here, okay? Damn right. I don't want to be part of this unholy alliance on the other end. Unholy alliance? That was a WWF reference. Mm. I want to be a part of the AEW roster. Same, though. But at what point does Sting go, I left Impact and now I'm back full circle one more time? He's just like, damn it. I thought I got out of that business. I'm excited. I'm not. I'm trying not to get too ahead of myself, but I, I think that this could be really cool, and I, I'm I'm excited to see what happens. I think that's also why I was kind of disappointed because I didn't want people to be let down. It was kind of like you're giving a lot of people something here, and if it's just an angle, people would probably appreciate knowing it was just an angle because people are really excited, and that's why I felt a little disappointed with the ending. Didn't like it. Felt like, hey, you're going to be opening up a lot of can of worms here if you don't deliver this. You're going to be opening up a lot for a lot of people that are looking forward to something. But that that's us making, what is this the saying, making a mountain out of a, a molehill? Or we're, we're all in headcanon over here. We're making I shit mean, up. We're, you know, we we're ranted now, for 10 minutes yeah. about the, the Dynamite Diamond, and, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. It's it, Like I said, they always get us to where we need to be in the end, and I continue to have my faith that that's what's going to happen here. But what a show. I can't wait to uh, give it another watch. Um... I'll probably watch the whole thing start to finish, but definitely Mox versus Omega 2. I'm still kind of soaking in everything. It was exciting nonetheless, and everybody else, let us know what you thought of the show. Do you think it was as much of a power shift as Tony Khan said? Because I think this was a shift in power in wrestling that no one's ever seen before. Now, it's not your granddad's old TNA impact with Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe, and but they got a lot of talent on that roster. They got the Good Brothers. And if you're not familiar with it, you should. Ashley and I are going to take the initiative to make sure that they do have the Good Brothers. That we... Bullet Club. That we give more individuals an opportunity. We're going to give some impact an opportunity. We're going to watch a lot of these guys. We, we know that guys like Chris Bay are really good. We know that the North are really good. But there's a lot of uncovered gems there in impact that maybe most of us, New Japan and AEW exclusive, or if you're just a WWE exclusive watcher, you can... Find some new great wrestlers, kind of how we did with ROH. We're watching all those guys before they were something. It's a great opportunity for wrestling, and it's a great moment in the history of wrestling. Obviously, Kenny Omega, the new AEW World Champion. Sting is now on TNT for the first time since 2001. Wild. Next is the Yeti breaking out of the ice. Oh, my. If only Cody can make a call over to the Giant, I mean the Big Show, and get him on the television, everything goes full circle, Ashley. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. He is the Giant, and we only refer to him as the Giant in this household. The Big Show? Go Big Show? That's Cody's show that's going to be airing soon. Giant. Let's just say the last night's Dynamite was a lot of fun. Probably the most fun that I've had watching a show in quite some time. I really enjoyed it. After the holiday, too. I hope that all of you guys did as well. I apologize. We didn't touch upon much New Japan this week, but we will make sure we do so. How can you do so? Oh, you have some. I have the rankings uh, of the World Tag League and the best of the Super Junior. We'll this just is what happens when you're so well prepared and I'm not. So you embarrass me on our own show. Ashley, take it away. We're just going to... No, we'll just run through the, the rankings really quick. Going through the World Tag League first, uh, with 10 points, we have Tomohiro Ishii and Toriyano. 
How does this happen? I don't ever want to talk about Toriano. Just keep going. I'm pretty sure there's a player who plays college football named Toriano at some point. I think we heard him on television. Keep going. At eight points, we have the teams of Shingo and Sanada, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr., Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi, The Great Okan and Jeff Cobb, Finjuice, and of course, G.O.D. Guys, again, if they don't win this thing, I'm going to be really pissed. Uh, six points, we've got Evil and Yujido. Four points, Fale and Chase Owens. And two points, we have the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toa Hanare. Glad to see that Bullet Club is getting some wins here. But, again, G.O.D. or bust. Like, what are we doing? So those are our World Tag League rankings as of this recording. For the best of the Super Junior, um, also pretty evenly spread. We've got, at 10 points, Al Desperado, Sho, Haromo Takahashi, and Taiji Ishimori. At 8 points, we've got Bushi and Master Wato. 6 points, Robbie Eagles and Taguchi. 2 points, Doki. And 0 points, uh, Yuya Yumera. I hope Ishimori wins it all. It's my Bullet Club heart right there. I also like Ishimori, so I'm not going to complain. A big Taji Ishimori fan. But anyway, thank you guys. You can check us out, Dojo and Dynamite, on Twitter, Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram, dojoanddynamite at gmail.com. Any questions, comments, concerns, please direct them toward Ashley. I don't want to deal with them. That's not nice. <laughs> I'm just Fan kidding. participation. <laughs> I, didn't know if you, I didn't know if you were paying attention. I am. I Do wanted to apologize for my like my rants today. I was yeah, we had a little, little rants today. We did. I'm sorry. I was a little feisty. Oh, man. But with that, thank you guys so much for listening, as always. Hope you're doing well, staying safe, wearing your masks, and making the most of things. Winter is coming. Hope we all had a nice, nice time with Dynamite this week, and hope you guys are just as excited as we are for next week. Thanks so much for listening again. We'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks, guys.